Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon, you will not get there on a road bike but today we are gonna give you some tips to arrive there on a road bike but coming down with something else. We are still in Switzerland, high mountains here today and we are gonna talk about a lot of high mountains today. But yeah, I have to say sorry to you guys because of my voice. Today my voice is what it is and it's completely coming out from my nose because I have a huge cold due to a couple of stupid things. First of all, I believe that it was due because I was too too, too tired uh, on the last week because I was really f traveling here and there, up and down. And then on Saturday, instead of stay home and uh, try to recover, I went out with a bike when a huge storm came down and I was riding in the wind and in the rain and was not good for my body. But yeah, I'm feeling okay, still going to work and uh, anyways, you don't want to know by my healthy stuff. It's everything okay. I feel decent today. Um, what? Yeah, uh, I was saying that last week I was going up and down here and there with um, because of some stuff. One of those things was the event that I got at the 3T um, factory, and it was amazing. And I went live with an episode uh, about that. So the launch of the new SRAM Red XS beautiful so fucking beautiful at the 3d factory with the new bicycles and uh, yeah is everything anyways you will find it is still in my part of the podcast in my list of the podcast it was the last episode just because it's something a bit new of my format of podcast just give a listen to it and give me a shout and you yeah, it would be super, super appreciated. And I have to say thank you as usual to 3T. And uh, because, yeah, they really like to uh, to support me. I really like to stay with that people that really looks like family over there. And uh, yeah, so send me a feedback. You know already where to find me. Hello at calamaro.cc. That's my email. Then Twitter. On Twitter, you will find me on Read Calamaro on Facebook on calamaro.cc. And then this podcast is on Spreaker and is on Spotify, is on Apple Podcasts, is in Google Podcasts. Just the handle is always the same, right? Broom Vagon over there. And everything is going to be amazing. And share it with your friends with everybody, everybody you care. Uh, but I'm missing something, don't I? I just missing the Instagram account, instagram.com slash calamarocc. And over there, you can find my first giveaway. There are the rules. You can see it is a jersey. So when you see on my Instagram feed, the picture of a jersey, a Katusha Alpesin jersey. Well, click on that and read in the description all the list of the rules to follow is there. Well, I received this uh, jersey some month ago after an interview and I never use it because, not because the quality is amazing, a Katyusha jersey and everything, but just I have so many already and uh, I prefer actually something without a sponsor. But this can be yours. It's an amazing quality. It's perfect for this winter. Can be used. Be ah, I don't want to make any advertising over there. But the only thing that you have to do is to follow. The only things that you have to do is to follow my account and like my picture and uh, yeah, write a comment of the type two fun ride that you had, the best one, and into it it must be actually a type two fun event made with one friend and don't forget to mention this friend it's easy no and then next monday 10 p.m i'm gonna choose the one of you who is gonna win it super super easy so go on my instagram account instagram.com slash and you will find everything well i'm talking of i read at the moment i'm talking for four minutes and 15 seconds so it's probably too much for my tired voice so right now i will introduce you with the episode that I fortunately uh, recorded some uh, weeks ago and it was an interview with Alain, best known as a Swiss with a pulse. Well, I can tell you people over there a story or maybe not. Yeah, I'm gonna do it straight away. Um, I moved here to Switzerland, everybody knows it, something like three no, six months ago. And I'm always in uh, the mood of looking for new clients and uh, new content in order uh, to get to the best places with a bicycle. 
in the words because it's in Switzerland, so this means actually in the words. At a certain point, I crashed into the website of the amazing character that I have right now, right here, uh, on the other side of the microphone. And I'm talking about Alain, that actually is today, or a Swiss with a pulse, that I have here with me today for this amazing episode of Basic Interview. Hi, Alain, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's really, really, really a great pleasure. So as I was saying, um, just to give you also a bit of background why at a certain point we are here today, I was looking for some climbs or some content or stuff like this in order to take all the best climbs here in Switzerland. And then I actually arrived on um, a video that you have done on the Call Collective YouTube uh, channel. And then I said, wow, that's great. Then I forget, forgot completely about that. At a certain point, I've seen your like on my Instagram uh, post, in my Instagram feed. And then I jumped directly, having a look to your, to your Instagram account. And then after that, I had a look to the website. So a Swiss, a Swiss, a Swiss with a pulse.com. No, you are going to say it later for sure in the better way. And then I've been, I've been, uh, I was writing, uh, sorry, I was reading uh, the description of yourself over there. And then I said, wow, this guy is amazing. It's writing exactly how I would write and interview uh, i would write an in, um, an introduction uh, exactly the same way his spirit is really amazing i need to meet this guy then we had a we had a chat we sent a, a couple of messages we talked on the phone we got i got to know that you're actually really based in switzerland really close to lausanne where i have a lot of friends and then we got a lunch together and now today we are here talking about amazing stuff it's really a pleasure alan <laughs> Uh, I will actually try to speak a bit less and to let you speak a bit more about stuff instead because everybody already here know my voice. So yeah, probably it's better not to go too far away with my voice. So Alan, first of all, I have actually to cover myself in ridiculous spelling and pronouncing your name and surname. Are you ready for that? I am. I am. I'm very curious. So your name is Alan. And if I have to say straight away, your name and surname is... Alan Rumpf. That's correct, actually. Give me a rate. Oh, that's a 9.5 out of 10. Yes. Oh, this year, really, I nailed them, all of them. And it's great, really. I'm super, super happy for that. I was actually a bit nervous because French is not my favorite accent to pronounce, but uh, looks like I... Actually, I learned French in one week. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's only for this interview. So, Alain, um, do you want to give us an introduction about yourself? Because I was speaking a lot and we we barely listened to your voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how? Where? Where shall I start? Um, well, I'm, I'm. I will start from the beginning. Yeah. Well, the beginning. Uh, um, well, let let me first say that I'm 47. Uh, so that's the end, or the, the, the present. <laughs> but um, cycling-wise, I've been riding my bike one way or another since I was 12. So that was a long time ago. Um, I'm Swiss. I live in Grillon, which is a village in the Swiss Alps in a region called the Alpes Vaudoise. So that's the French-speaking part of Switzerland. We speak four different languages in Switzerland, French, German, Italian, and Romansh. So I live in the French-speaking part. Uh, you speak the four of them. I speak three of them. I don't speak Romansh, which is a very okay. specific language spoken in some part of eastern Switzerland. But uh, yeah, I mean, French is my mother tongue. Uh, my German is school German. It's quite rusty, but I can uh, I can survive, and uh, I. I never learned Italian at school, but I can speak it from from my my life in cycling. So, <laughs> tell us more about that. Sorry, I really jump into the conversation with the both fit. But how can happen that working in the cycling world, somebody can learn Italian? <sighs> well, <laughs> because I mean, cycling is is a very big sport in Italy. Um, it, it, it was, I mean, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it was even bigger than it is today. I think many teams 
riders uh, came from Italy at the, the top end of the sports uh, on the, the pro scene. And I actually worked for the UCI, the International Cycling Union, the world governing body of cycling, which is based in Lausanne, so in, in the region where I live. And uh, I was lucky to uh, get my, my first job after I finished university was, was a job at the UCI. So uh, uh, I stayed with the organization for 20 years, did a lot of things. Um, French and English are the official languages of the UCI, but in the 90s, when I started my work with the UCI, uh, few people in Italy spoke uh, English. Now it's much more, but at the time, not, not many. Uh, some spoke French, but if I wanted to communicate with race organizers, team managers, riders in Italy, I really had to speak Italian, so I kind of learned, you know, like I I I learned by doing, by trying to speak, and uh, because it's not so far from French, I I ended up speaking uh, half decent Italian. We, well, come on, your Italian is perfect. We had a couple of hours of lunch break uh, last week together, only speaking in Italian, and really, it's it was one of. Let's say one of the best conversations in Italian that I had in the last, no, so I don't know, something like. But uh, you see, also my Italian jumps out when I'm talking with you in the last couple of months. It was really, really perfect. I'm missing talking about bicycle and adventure in the bicycle, whatever in Italian, because I usually do it only in English. It's kind of my go with languages for that. And doing it with you was perfect. So your Italian is way more than half decent one. <laughs> yeah, it, Italian is a beautiful language and it's a beautiful way to to talk about about cycling <laughs> yeah it's true it's true talking about our wonderful mountains in uh, in italian is perfect it's true it's true but you were saying actually um so you were introducing actually your history the history between alan and the bicycle can you tell us more about that um yeah so uh before maybe yeah uh, before i i you know got this job with the UCI. I was, what, 22, 23 at the time. Um, uh, yeah, how, how did I get into cycling? Well, as, as a kid, I tried many sports and I sucked at all of them. I tried football, I tried gymnastics, martial arts, everything that kids do but uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't good, you know. Uh, I never scored a goal uh, as a, uh, playing football. Uh, I barely survived the one lesson of judo. So um, I, I didn't really know what to, what to do. And in 1983, I started following the Tour de France uh, for the whole uh, month of July. Every day I would be stuck to to, to the, my radio sets, because at the time you followed the Tour de France on television or, or radio, and I would listen to French radio, a guy on a motorbike commentating, you know, the, 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 the race from the, from the motorbike. And this is the year that Laurent Fignon won his first Tour de France. And uh, somehow I just got, yeah, like passionate about the, the sport, started riding my my bike, uh, myself, uh, around uh, the, the neighborhood. And uh, my mom found out that there was a cycling club in town and that there was, a, there was some group rides open for, 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 for kids. I went and uh, basically it was love at first sight. I got completely like, yeah, very passionate about, about the sport and, and, uh, uh started training and racing and um and that lasted for about 10 years i i went all through all the the youth categories and uh reached the elite level here in switzerland uh it's some national races international races but uh, i stopped racing when i finished university that was in 1993 uh, as I understood that I was just not good enough to become a pro. 
Um, well, later I understood that this was the year when EPO became prevalent in the peloton. So that's maybe I was not good enough. But uh, in, there were some reasons behind that. That that was totally okay because anyway, I was I wasn't gonna become a good a good bike rider, pro bike rider in in any case. And and as I said, I immediately you know I started looking for work and almost immediately found that job at the UCI, whose headquarters were very close to where I lived. So. Uh, so uh, that was very, uh, very. I was very fortunate because for twenty years I basically grew up with the organization. The UCI was very small. There was eight people working for the UCI at the time, and when I left, uh, almost one hundred. And I did so much cool stuff. I traveled the world. I worked with amazing people. I felt that I had an impact on the sports that I loved. I don't know if I really had an impact, but that's how I I, I, I felt, you know, I did. And uh, yeah, I was technical delegate at the Olympics. I was, you know, I helped create the Women's World Cup. I managed the UCI Pro Tour, which was the predecessor of the of the World Tour. And even organized a race in China, which was uh, really exciting. So, yeah, I'm 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 really lucky to have uh, to have done that. And all the time, I kept riding my bike um, in Switzerland. And I'm so lucky to live in this country because it's uh, it's it's a hidden paradise for cycling. You know, there's something for everyone in Switzerland. You have big mountains with spectacular sceneries you have rolling hills in the countryside uh, you even have some flats because there's lots of lakes in switzerland so around the lakes you can you can ride on the flats and uh and yeah it's uh it's an amazing playground and through my my travels i also rode on every continent i rode in colorado in south africa in in australia in china so yeah no that was a that was that was a really Really fun time that ended uh, uh, sometime at the end of 2014. And uh, the next step was uh, after that to uh, be part of a, of Grand Tours Project, which is a, a tour operator organizing cycling holidays. I helped uh, create and, and grow the, the company. I did a bit of Everything from tour design to guiding, but also marketing, content creation, sales, admin, accounting. So it was a great, uh, great experience as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, in, in one way or another, cycling has been part of my life uh, since I was a kid. And uh, so far, it's been a hell of a journey. Well, I would say it's not only that was part of your life, but actually is still part of your life because you're writing a lot as much as I can see from your uh, content in the social media and as much as came out from our talk. But still, actually, uh, cycling is really into your career also at the moment. So which one actually is the um, relation, I would say, between yourself riding the bicycle and discovering routes on riding the bicycle and your career, your job at the moment? Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, what's, what's next? I'm, I'm working on it right now. Uh, mm -hmm. If you can tell us something, I don't want you to discover all your cards if you cannot say something. No, no, for sure, so for sure. And actually, it's, it's always good to to talk about it because I can I can check if 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 that makes sense. But uh, but I mean in yeah cycling has been a huge part of my life uh, until now and and I hope it will remain so for as long as I can ride a bike and maybe even later. But uh, um, but I have other passions that have grown and and over the last uh, few years I've been uh, I've become very passionate for for photography. And also for writing, so I, you know, started a blog and started sharing images via social media, uh, and uh, and started also working, you know, with some some websites, 
media brands, uh, um, different different partners to to you know to do I don't know how to describe it storytelling, content creation, whatever you know. So uh, uh, written pieces you know for 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 magazines about uh, about cycling in the Alps in Switzerland, different subjects, uh, and it's. It's been until now kind of a, a side a side project, and I want to I want really to focus on that. So um, so now I'm you know I'm I'm spending a very busy winter setting up projects and uh, and and the probably the the main element is uh, is is a website that I'm going to launch as part of a collective of mountain people that's called alps insights and so this website already exists it's about all mountain sports hiking ski touring trail running there's a component of cycling and we're gonna make this cycling component bigger and part of a of a website you know separate websites and that's going to be about cycling in the alps on the roads on gravel as well and presenting experiences our our favorite rides and uh hopefully that'll inspire people to 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 come and and climb mountains in switzerland so yeah the thing that actually i'm on the way i didn't know that and actually i'm on the website right now so the thing that you're gonna do you yourself alan uh, that together with your uh, friends partners colleagues uh, is actually really to describe and uh, Yes, I would say describe and tell stories and show to everybody what means riding the uphills, right? Climbing the Swiss Alps. That's what you're going to do. Yes, yes. And that'll be through stories on the blog, but also uh, presenting rides, you know, that you can actually do, giving tips, showing beautiful images. And I'm very fortunate to be working with... uh, you know, leading mountain photographers world worldwide. Uh, you know, Dan and Janine Patitucci, who's been working for twenty years in the mountains around the globe, um, uh, shooting and and doing you know the sports that that they are shooting. Um, so uh, I'm also very very lucky to be able to call them friends. And uh, I'm very excited by this new uh, this new adventure because that's yeah that's really the the next step for me uh, combining a lot of a lot of passions into into one thing. Yeah, and I can see here. Sorry, I'm really I don't want. Yeah, as I was saying, I don't want actually to um, get out from your mouth informations uh, in that way. But I, I'm reading right now from the website in the cycling section that there's gonna be uh, this uh, coming soon. Pretty evident here, switchback, uh, the Alps, the Alps road and gravel guide. So you're also co- focusing a bit more on this thing. Yep, that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be the name of the website, switchback, and uh, okay, that's that's what it is about. It's uh, it's cycling in the Alps, it's roads and and gravel, and uh, and and actually the more the more I I work on it, the more I think that the gravel element will be will be bigger because uh, I'm I'm. I, that's something you know that's that I have uh, been doing for a few years now and uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff in the Alps uh, to to discover on gravel bikes uh, so yeah it's gonna be the classics uh, classic road road climbs and then a lot of discovery on on, on gravel um yes okay it's pretty completely completely clear so this one is going to be actually a platform a tool that people like me but also like i believe a lot of people that are listening to us can really use in order to get to know a bit more which ride they can go and do for myself something like in the weekend and for people that want to come here in switzerland and visit uh, the country actually that they can do in uh, I don't know a week riding a training camp I don't know where you want or a discovering week with a bicycle right so people can go there and gather all the informations that they want about cycling in the Alps Swiss Alps yeah absolutely no it's a it's it's meant to be a source of inspiration uh, That's great. and hopefully you know uh, we'll have 
you know, it, it'll inspire people to come to, to the Alps and uh, uh, more specifically in Switzerland uh to 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 climb mountains and uh there's a there's a lot of good stuff over here uh yeah for sure a lot that's why i moved here (laughs) (laughs) uh can i ask you the magic questions the magic question then when is it gonna be live uh that's a good that's a good question um well it's gonna be it's gonna be live before the cycling season starts you know before the big the, the, the 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 pass is open uh, just as people are, you know, getting back on the bike and uh, looking for inspiration. So there's no uh, set uh, date for now, uh, but uh, we're we're working on it. I saw, I saw, you know, I, we 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 had the the first draft, in, you know, on our screens uh, this week actually. Uh, so now it's becoming it's becoming real. And it's really really exciting because the the site is beautiful. The, Images of, of Dan and Janine are amazing, and uh, um, you know, part of our team is also uh, Kim, who's a specialist for you know web design and writing. So it's it's an amazing team, and uh, and yeah, uh, that's that's going to be good, I'm sure. I really can't wait. Can I ask you really um, a technical question? Technical, technical. I mean, not technical on the website, but technical on uh, um, when the paths are going to be open. Uh, usually, during the season, at what period of the year? This uh, usually they open the paths. Yeah, well, it depends. Depends on the altitudes. The the highest ones, the Furka, the Nofenen, the Grimsel, they typically open uh, in the first half of June. Always depends on on how snowy the winter has been, uh, but uh, um, so you know if it's a if it's not a very harsh winter, sometimes it's at the end of May, but typically it's uh, it's the beginning of June. But already already in May, uh, some of the lower passes uh, open. Actually, some of them never close. Um, so it's just about you know the. The weather. So sometimes in April you can already do some some really fun, uh, you know, rides in the in in the mountains. Yeah, I believe that Sadelac I can go there already around April. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even a nice nice day in March, you know, can be can be can be fine. But you know, that's Switzerland. That's the Alps. Uh, it can it can be sunny or it can snow any month of the year really okay we are stuck in the valleys and this thing is so painful for me at the moment i need to train to go to the i need to go to zongholan in at the end of june so hopefully i will put enough climb in my legs for that oh yeah you know you'll find you'll find enough good stuff in 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 the the, the lower parts of switzerland to get ready for that amazing amazing so i just need to wait for the switch back to be live <laughs> otherwise i can just ask you privately so for some tips where to go no worries. <laughs> Or just copy your Strava routes around this kind of things. Um, I would like actually to ask you an opinion on something because I believe that this is a topic that the both of us can really um, talk about. And uh, it was this morning. So this morning, because of my daily job, I woke up super early and I was listening to a podcast, by the way, small brackets, huge shout out to to this podcast that is the 10,000 kilometers podcast i don't know if you heard about that i listened to an episode today actually yeah 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 exactly because they just went live i think they went live on monday and because today was my first day of commuting with the with the bus i got it in my phone and they said okay probably it's time to listen to that and i was listening to this podcast and i actually while i was listening to that i was saying look these but these people, a lot of people around, are really, really focusing a lot on the part of cycling that everybody of us love, actually, that I love and a lot of people close to me love. So it's not only talking about pro cycling, performance cycling or whatever, but it is a bit more something like um, be good on the bicycle, using the bicycle as a way to feel better with yourself, of exploring the world, of really uh, get inside of your body good vibes and that's an amazing thing i am really happy that we are so many people that are doing that with podcasts with videos and with blogs and actually i was really questioning myself on how can we call this kind of i would call it mission but let's say thing that we do 
uh, that you do, that I do, that the guys of 10,000 kilometers do, and stuff like this. You were saying before, I don't know how to call it, could be storytelling, could be content creation. And I was exactly questioning uh, myself on that thing. And I would call it actually educational content. Let me go a bit deep on that. I would call it educational content because really we are educating people on getting on a tool that, that all of us um, feels like being a good complement of our life. We are doing it with a bicycle, but people can really um, take small, bite some pieces of the thing that we are saying and actually uh, move it, transport it in their daily life. So it can be, I don't know, going playing golf or just go outside and hiking or writing or whatever like this. Just go there and something like do something for yourself without any pressure. How would you feel with this definition? I really would like to have something like your opinion on that. Would you be comfortable on saying that actually um, your activity of writing or letting people discover the Swiss Alps or uh, cycling or whatever, would you feel comfortable on defining this part something like educational? process educational content yeah that's interesting uh and and i yeah i would feel the same uh that's probably what i was you know calling inspiring people yeah that's uh that's that's what i i enjoy doing and that's what that's what blogging and social media allow us to do uh, these days. That was not possible to do so uh, before before these wonderful things existed. Uh, that's that's certainly the, the 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 shiny, the nice, the positive elements of uh, of today's uh, uh, digital life is that you can you 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 don't need to find uh to find uh, a, a platform to share to share things you can you 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 own the platform you don't own the platform some some very wealthy people own the platforms but you can use them directly yourself uh, and uh, and 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 i think that's great uh it's uh, it's fantastic um i really enjoy sharing my adventures but also my thoughts uh, about 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 life because uh, it's not just just riding my bike i think what i'm trying to to convey is uh, is is this wonderful lifestyle i have here in switzerland in the mountains living uh, living in a ski resort with my family i'm married we have a 3 year old boy and uh, and it's a great place wow. to it's a great place to to live and and grow up and 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 I, I i wish more people could uh could could do that and uh if i can at least share it and inspire people to come here for for a few days uh, and 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 do something good for you know for their for their life take a break from their crazy crazy busy professional social life uh that's that's great. Yeah, exactly. I really would take it really as kind of a mission, something like uh, give a lot of values on the thing that people like you, like the guys of 10,000 kilometers, myself, and I would I can really mention a lot of people that are doing it, really call it something like educational, the uh, um, educating people, educating everybody there, saying that um, while having an experience is way better than owning stuff. And that's a thing that probably we can all keep something like as a mission for our further jobs and our further project that we're going to have. I hope so. <laughs> but okay, uh, sorry if I got really into philosophical things and probably at the moment I need to break down a bit the flow because probably we can switch and flip page. And they want to break the flow Asking you a really stupid but interesting question: How many bicycles do you own, Alan? How many bicycles do I own? <laughs> well, it's fluctuating, yeah. but I, I recently sold a, a number of bikes because uh, really? I wasn't riding them and I wasn't feeling comfortable mm. with it. Because uh, um, I think what you said, you know, about you know about about yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for buying experiences, not things. 
um, even even in in terms of bikes. So the you know the M, N plus one uh, meme. I'm I'm not too much into this. So at the moment, I have two bikes. I have okay. um, I have a Scott's Addict uh, disc, which is my climbing bike, uh, and I. I love this bike because I live in the mountains. So a lot of what I do is either up or down. So going up, it's super light, very stiff and responsive. So I really enjoy climbing on this bike and going down. The disc brakes are amazing. So this is a perfect match for for my my style of uh, of riding. And I have uh, my my other bike is a Scott Solace, which is the the endurance. Uh, uh type of bike uh, uh yeah that i that i use it's kind of my winter bike it's the bike i use for bike packing uh and um uh yeah that's it well okay okay it makes completely sense and uh yeah you choose a couple of bicycles that are really cool and uh, actually i can see also that you choose you have chosen a couple of bikes that comes really from your region. Am I wrong, or they are their headquarters over there, the Scott headquarters? Yeah, the Scott uh, World uh, headquarters are uh, near Fribourg, so also in the French-speaking uh, part of uh, of Switzerland. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so you were talking before, just something like a couple of seconds ago, about bike packing and bicycle adventure. Do you have any? Ah, let's put it in the other way. Which one is the biggest adventure that you ever got on the bike? <laughs> um, well, I'm you know, I'm I'm a roadie. You know, I started riding, racing as a kid, and uh, even though I I uh, you know I've I've kept the racing elements quite low over the past uh, probably. 20 years that's my that's my dna so um i was never meant to go on any stupid crazy adventure but somehow i ended up riding the transcontinental race in 2015 and, and that was definitely my my biggest adventure on the bike by far <laughs> okay how did it happen actually who convinced you well I was in between jobs, and uh, so I had a lot of a uh, lot of energy and uh, freedom, and uh, uh, I have a very good friend. His name is Chris. He's he's uh, uh, he's, he's he had done the, the TCR in the year before, in 2014, and he was telling me about it, and I was interested in hearing the story, but not interesting in in doing the race but somehow on a on a saturday morning over coffee you know he talked me into applying uh to participate and i i did it it was a very simple process just just a few clicks and info and and uh and then to my you know much to my surprise a few weeks later i guess i i my application was accepted so i was in yeah I was in, so this is where I started to to you know think about what it meant and uh, realized uh, that it was a really really big challenge. So I better start training, and uh, I you know I I wanted to do it well, so I trained hard. I I spent time you know researching which bike to use, the equipment, etc. etc. And with Chris and his his expertise we we you know we we plotted uh, the, the our our routes uh and uh and yeah the next thing was i was on the start line in in Gerhardsbergen with uh, 160 other uh cyclists around me from all walks of life bike messengers uh, adventurers young people older people uh and uh and actually, actually, it went well. It went uh, mostly well. There was some some nightmares on the way, but I think I really enjoyed like ninety five percent of it, which uh, I think is is a lot when I hear stories of other <laughs> other participants. Um, so so yeah, I I 
I finished in Istanbul. I had my my beer at the finish, and uh, and and that was it. I I. I, I still find it strange, but I can call myself a TCR veteran. <laughs> yeah, and that's super great. So we're talking about the year 2000? 2015. So it was the year of the Mont Ventoux. Yes, yeah, yeah. So okay. The one was Mont Ventoux, then it was the Sestriere and the, the Strada della Sieta. Oof. Uh, the amazing Ah, great! The Sierra de la Sieta is a great climb. I want to go there and do it. You have to do it. It's 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 the best gravel roads I have ever ridden. So uh, um, it's just that it's better to ride it on a gravel on a gravel bike, not not on a road bike with uh, with bags. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've actually. So I've heard a lot of stories about that. The last story that I've heard about that is the story that actually is on records that Anna Anashlok uh, told me that she was actually um, she was into the um, she was into the course. She was supporting Mike uh, at that uh, at that edition, and actually she told me that at that moment she was actually um, yes she was driving um, the service car and she was scared of driving on the road like that. <laughs> she told me that and she saw actually people that were faster than her in the car while riding the bike. <laughs> and Joshibet, I think she was mentioning Joshibet that he won I think this year, that year. Yeah, yeah, no it's it's rough. It's rough. It's it's okay, but uh when yeah, when you're on a on a road bike with bags, some more weight and uh you know, there's I mean it's it's a race you have a number on your on your cap but really the goal is to is to get to the finish so it's not like you have to go super fast but there's always this this pressure to keep moving so i i that was one of the low points well high points because it's amazing the sceneries are incredible and uh, and uh, that was the, the 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 good memories but the the bad ones were was that i had many flats and and it Oh. walking parts of the the, the the Strada de la Sieta just to save my last tube <laughs> and I just made it out of the out of the mountain before before dark so yeah uh, that was so that was yeah that was that was a not so fun moment or type two fun moment fun after yes uh, and and yeah then it was a long drag uh, on in the Po Valley you know the north of Italy 500 kilometers of flat and straight basically into into slovenia then uh, croatia cp3 was vukovar in uh, in uh, eastern croatia uh, that was yeah and then into short uh, incursion into into serbia then bosnia Montenegro CP4 Mount Lovsen above the Bay of Kotor, beautiful place. Uh, Montenegro, then uh, Albania, Macedonia, Greece, and Turkey. So I think eleven countries, and uh, wow, that that was an amazing experience. It, uh, yeah, it 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 made. It made me a different and better person, I think. Okay, okay. You're really learning a lot, I think, in this kind of experience. You're also meeting a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the people, the people were the highlights, I think. Other participants, people you meet on the road, strangers, and uh, and all these places I would never have visited, you know, if I had not done the race. Yeah, that's great. Um, this is really a broad question, but we can also maybe um, put it in a context, if you want, so feel free to answer regarding your life, your racing past or your transcontinental, as you were saying, past or your present or your future or whatever. Um, if you have to give me one highlight, but and just one really, of your life together with the bicycle, what would you choose? So an, an, an event, a moment, or... Moment, an event, yeah, an highlight. It could be something like an event, a special climb, a special day on the bicycle, a special sunset or sunrise, whatever. Um, 
it's pretty sharp as a question and really yeah it's a that. difficult one because i'm i'm this type of person who has the 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 best day of his life on the bike about 10 times per year you know so so <laughs> so uh and 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 i i think or i hope that's my my highlight is still to come and i will i, I will have other moments that will be even better so I mean, there's so much. Uh, of course, the, the 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 transcontinental race was a big was a big highlight. But I mean, well, there's there's maybe one memory, like a very far memory, I I have, and that's that was a key moment in my life as a cyclist and in my life, full stop. Um, it's it was when I was a junior racer, actually. Uh, it was in 1989, so yes, a long time ago. That was the the year that Greg LeMond beat Laurent Fignon in the Tour de France by eight seconds. Yes, um, and and my my memory of that year is my my first and actually almost only victory in a national race. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that's. That was a big moment because it was my home race. So I was racing for Velo Club Veve. Uh, that's a city on Lake Geneva. A club that was founded in 1884, by the way. So, wow. Um, very rich, uh, rich history. And uh, the club organized a, a national junior race. And I knew I could do well. I had done a few good you know top tens in the weeks leading up to the race it was a race for climbers and i'm a climber so yeah i i was i thought i could i could do something and and actually i was so nervous that i did not sleep one second the night before the race i was uh i was going through my my history lessons you know at 2 a.m in the morning because i couldn't sleep so i was very nervous but in the end i just you know Somehow I did the perfect race. I I controlled every move, but did not burn my matches too early. And and there was a climb near the end of the race. I attacked. No one followed, and and I won. So it was it was the dream scenario that surprised myself, uh, my friends, my schoolmates, my family, and and it it's a big memory. It's a highlight because. It was a huge, huge milestone in in defining myself, and uh, and you know when you're a teenager, these moments are really important. This is where you know you build a strong you know personality, and 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 uh, and you grow up. So uh, so yeah, I think that was that was a big a big moment, and actually the finish line of that race is on the way when I go to visit my mom. So every time I drive past the finish line, I, I have a thought for that, uh, for that moment. So that's, you know, that's not a ride, that's not a climb, but that was a very special moment. It is actually, yeah, I can understand the solo attack on your, uh, oh, can you call it on your home race, winning in front of all your family and friends. Yeah. I cannot imagine anything better probably. Yeah. And that was, I had the three, week or th yeah two week three weekends period of grace because the, my my second and last victory happened two two weekends later and then that was it <laughs> so <laughs> it was the magic week of your uh, cycling um no how can you call it of your racing cycling yeah, experience exactly <laughs> cool um moving back now to um actually the real goal of my interview I don't want to actually be too rude with you, but actually I wanted to have you here on my podcast just to ask you this question. Be, be ready for that. If you need to choose again one and only one climb of Switzerland in the Swiss Alps to suggest to everybody and to say, this is my favorite one, people go there because it's special, what would you choose? Well, that's... That's not rude, but that's a torture because there's so much good stuff that uh, <laughs> I, okay, it's okay. really hard for me to to choose. And um, but uh, I think 
I mean, you mentioned the the, the Col du Sanet, you know, this video for the Col Collective I, I with Mike Cody. And, and I think that would be, yeah, if I had to choose one, this would have to be the one because um, it's a huge climb in the, the, the Valais region. So like uh, uh, French-speaking southwest part of Switzerland. Um it's huge. It's it's sixteen, seventeen hundred meters of climbing, so it's almost as much as the Stelvio, but there's no traffic, as opposed to the Stelvio, because as you know, if you yeah, Stelvio is a bit of pain. Yeah, 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 Stelvio is amazing. I love the Stelvio. I've done it several times, but you are fighting for space, you know, with cars, motorbikes, camper vans, and and the Sanetch is uh, has has zero traffic because it's it's technically a dead end and i i will come to that but uh okay. it's, it's a journey as well you know you start in the vineyards low on the rhone valley and you finish at the at the foot of a glacier well the foot not so much because this glacier like many in the alps is uh, quickly receding but you can see a glacier from from the top of the the climb, so yeah, from 500 meters to 2,200 meters, so pretty, pretty big, and it's a dead end, but just for the cars, because at the end of the climb, uh, I mean, you go down a little bit along a lake. There's a dam, like in many many places in Switzerland, uh, and then then there's no road that goes down the other side, but there's a cable car. So you have to hook your bike outside the cable car and, and get into it. And, and you go down a, a very, very steep slope and you end up in the German-speaking part of Switzerland, near Gstaad. Okay. And then, and then you, make, you can make it a loop by climbing another one or two passes back, back into the Rhone Valley, uh, above Col du Pillon, and you can also add Col de la Croix. So it's... Uh, for me, yeah, that's that's the quintessence of uh, of of riding in Switzerland because you have amazing views, you know, big, tall, high peaks, glaciers. There's no cars. It's very difficult. It's super hard. Very challenging. And uh, and then you have this extra, you know, like gift to be able to to go down the other sides where you know cars can't go and and make it a loop so uh i encourage anyone who has the opportunity to come and and ride this this pass and this loop and uh please give me a shout and uh i'm always looking for excuses to to go and climb it again okay i'm gonna do that i wanted to ask you two things about that first of all it's not a question it's actually um a statement be prepared because once they're going to open it, I'm going to come and we are going to go together. Second thing, <laughs> uh, do you think you can provide me and us out there with something like a route, a track that we can follow in order to do this loop that you were describing, I don't know, on Komoot or on Strava or whatever? Sure, sure. No, no, I'll, uh, I'll do that. I can send you a link. And uh, when when Switchback is live, it will be on there as well. So it will also be... a. Uh, uh, a source you know to find information on the on on the loop and be able to ride it yeah 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 yeah. no that's something that really i'm looking forward to have a look to and uh, um, am i saying something wrong if i say that actually this climb was actually also mentioned by fabian cancellara as the toughest one in switzerland i'm not sure I think I've heard something like I'm this. I'm not sure. I've seen some quotes of Fabian. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's he was talking about the Albula Pass as well, and some other ones. I'm mm -hmm. I'm not aware he's he's been on up this uh, up this climb, but uh, you know, we should. Okay. You know, he has his racing series now, Grand Fondos called Chasing Cancellara. So. We should we should tell him to to have one up there. That would be fun. Exactly, and you can challenge yep. him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 would I would totally do that. <laughs> okay, I'm going. We're going to send him a message, and uh, let's see what he's going to say. <laughs> let's put it in that way. Uh, I wanted to ask you another thing, but I got completely no, I completely forgot about that. But okay, it's fine. We're going to find it later on. And I have actually to admit, Alan 
that I cheated. So I just want to know another crown <laughs> from Switzerland. <laughs> Sorry, man. Once that you are here, I need to squeeze all the knowledge yeah, that well, you actually, have. Actually, it's easier to 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 give you a list of thirty than give you one. You know, so we can we we can <laughs> go on and on and on. But ah, uh, uh, what? No, let's say two is so you know two is a number that I really like. So we can all stick right. on two. I swear we are not gonna go further <laughs> with that. Um, oh, another one, another one. Uh, I mean. Sun Edge is, is probably like the hidden gem. So I go for a more classic uh, loop. And when, when I say classic, you know, it's a bit strange because uh, actually Switzerland is not yet known as a, as a huge cycling destination. So, so there's nothing like the Mont Ventoux or the Alduez or, or, or the Stelvio in, uh, in Switzerland. So everything is, is still kind of a hidden gem, but there, there are some climbs that are probably better known than others and and i go for actually a loop and that's the loop that you you can ride by climbing the, the furka pass the nofnan pass and the, the Gotthard pass um, okay this part am i correct if i'm saying that this part of the Alpen Brevet? Um, the, in, in different combinations, because the Alpen Brevet has different levels, you know, it's like, like the, the, the mm. um, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's that region, it's central Switzerland, and uh, it's about 100 kilometers, maybe 105 or six, I think, 3,000 meters of climbing, and each climb is basically 1,000 meters of climbing, so it's, uh, it's, it's big, but it's manageable. And uh, every climb is different. The Furka Pass is is uh, you, you. I'd suggest starting in Andermatt, uh, which is really the hub of, uh, of of you know where from which you can start many climbs in central Switzerland. But you start from there. You climb the Furka, uh, which is known uh, for many things. There was a car chase in Goldfinger, the James Bond movie, nineteen sixty four, I think. Uh, it was a gravel road at the time, by the way. Now it's it's paved. <laughs> but if you if you if you want to lose some time, check that on YouTube. It's pretty fun to watch uh, the scene. <laughs> and um, and it's also well known because you have from the top an amazing view on uh, a, a switchback salad. I can only describe it as as, as that. I love this definition <laughs> because because you see below you the the descent of the Foka and in the descent in the distance you see the the switchback that go up to to another pass called the Grimsel Pass and uh, well that's one of the most uh, Instagrammable uh, uh, you know like views uh, of in the Alps I would say. Uh, for cyclists, because cyclists love switchbacks, of course, and uh, and and it's also known because there's this famous hotel Belvedere, which uh, sits in a switchback and is also a big uh, Instagram star. Um, so so yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's a great pass to ride. Then you go you so you start in the the, the province canton of Uri, you get into Valle uh, after the Furka. Then you start the Nofanen Pass, which is a, a beast. It's 10 kilometers, 10%. Uh, but the reward is that it takes you to Ticino, which is the Italian part of uh, Switzerland. Yay. Uh, the only place where you can have decent coffee in Switzerland, because coffee is pretty average in Switzerland, ex- except in the Italian-speaking part, of course. So you can, you can grab an espresso in, uh, in Airolo at the bottom of the descent, and the last climb is is uh, well, it's out of this world. It's called uh, the Tremola. That's the old road that goes up the Gotthard Pass. So again, the one with the cobblestones. Yeah, it's it's cobbled. There's very little traffic because there's a tunnel uh, uh, under the mountain. There's a highway that goes over the pass. So it's really just a few tourists that go up this uh, uh, this road and. It's cobbled for the last five or six kilometers. And when I say cobbled, you know, don't imagine the rough Paris-Roubaix cobbles. Think of cobbles like Swiss style. So they are quite smooth and very enjoyable to, uh, to ride. 
uh, and there's a number of switchbacks. There's a set of switchbacks near the top, which uh, which is just mind blowing. So, uh, you know, if you do it, it's going to take you a long time because it's the third climb, so it's hard. You're tired, but also you're going to stop for pictures all the time because it's uh, it's just it's just crazy. And and after that, there's just a short descent that takes you back to Andermatt. So, yeah, if there's only one loop, you know, you want to do in Switzerland, do that one. It's a, it's a good one. Cool, cool. Can't wait actually for the pass to open because I want to do that. It was in my radar already for a long time, but I believe that this year is going to be the year. If I can find actually time between working and cycling my holy week in Italy and uh, podcasting, I will for sure do S first. Probably could be the perfect preparation before to go and do the holy week, Sodzon Colan and stuff like this. Well, it's it's easy. Just catch a train and get there because Switzerland has a has an amazing public transport network. You can it's a small country, so you can basically ride anything in one day from anywhere you are. So that's uh, that's also a, a good thing about riding around here. It's amazing. Yeah, that's really something. That's really a game changer. You know, you don't need to cross. Uh, uh, Italy from side to side that are 1,200 kilometers. Yeah. Oh, cool, Alain. I think it was a great chat. Actually, I can give you a bit more of space if you want to add something about everything. We talked about your story. We talked about uh, the plan for the future. We talked about the beautiful part of Switzerland. We talked about your transcontinental race. But still, if you have something that is still burning in your chest, spit it away. <laughs> Well, no, I think we've covered a lot of uh, a lot of ground, uh, and uh, it's 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 been a pleasure for me because uh, you know I I started listening to the podcast some time ago, and uh, uh, I've listened to almost all the episodes, and uh, some some of them you were hosting people I I know I met somehow uh, in some stage of my uh, cycling life so it was great to listen to those episodes but also the, all the other ones it's really it's really uh uh inspiring and uh and I hope that I will you know through that I will meet another whole bunch of very interesting people and uh, I'm looking forward to welcoming you know anyone who wants to come to switzerland and i'm always happy to give tips and uh even go for a ride if uh if if, if i have time if uh if it works so uh um no keep keep up the good work it's uh it's a really great resource that you're creating here uh really i really appreciate your words you sometimes you're working like a man uh, on the other side you are working like a donkey better uh, on your things or your content or whatever and sometimes you really oversee what you have done and everything and this kind of feedback from people like you that are pretty passionate about bicycle have a huge background on bicycles and stuff are really uh, warming up my heart so i have to say really thank you for your feedback as well uh, i just want to ask you the last thing because we cannot oversee actually this give us all the contacts where people can find you around and where actually they can find at a certain point the lounge of the switchback right so um yeah my blog is a swiss with a pulse.com um, swiss with a pulse is a, a nickname that was given to me a long time ago because swiss people are have a reputation to be you know very good people very nice people but like kind of like not no, no big emotions or display of emotions and apparently i i sometimes do show my emotions so some someone once said that i was a swiss with a pulse uh, and that's, that's not... this is a compliment i would say it as a compliment from an italian guy <laughs> i did take it as a compliment and and i kept i kept this and and this is the name of my blog so swiss with a pulse.com uh then um social well my instagram accounts at a swiss with a pulse twitter um is my name so it's at alain rumpf and yeah i'll stop there i'm 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 everywhere but those are the key ones yeah people can just uh google your name on the youtube on uh, on google as i was saying and they will find you everywhere with your amazing content. Well, Alain, it was really a pleasure um, to talk with you. And yeah, I would wrap it up over here right now. And we're going to talk between each other super soon and ride together pretty, pretty, pretty soon. And actually looking forward, I really can't wait for 
another lunch together as well. Sure, we'll we'll have that in Italian and 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 we'll go for a ride for sure. See you on the road for sure. Bye bye, Alan. It's a pleasure. Ciao. Again, my scratchy voice here, but I really, really have my notebook full of notes of what Alan said because I think I have a huge amount of Swiss Alp that I have to climb this winter. If you want to do it with me, just write me or write Alan as well. But why don't you write me as well? Hello at calamaro.cc, that's my email. Hello at calamaro.cc, always better to repeat it. Instagram.com slash calamaro.cc and then there is twitter.com slash readcalamaro, facebook.com calamaro.cc and don't forget to share these episodes that you can find as usual on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and obviously Spreaker. Don't forget the giveaway. Uh, don't forget the giveaway on my Instagram account, brackets Calamaro CC. And please just continue to stick in around. And probably next week my voice is gonna be better. Have a nice one and bye.